This is Joshua James. Adam Fell. And Lynn Dye from OneOff.com, the hottest new green NFT platform built just for the music community. We love hanging with the Edge of NFT crew just like you. Yes, you are in the right place because Edge of is the one-of-one podcast you got to stay with. Enjoy another awesome show. Hi, NFT Curioso. Get ready for another fun episode of Edge of NFT. This episode of Edge of NFT features a Quincy Jones-backed music NFT startup with huge momentum. There's some poor, some fun facts and stories about Quincy, Pearl Jam, and Doja Cat from these heavy-hitting music industry guests. And find out when one of will launch, how you can get involved ahead of anyone else. All this and more on this episode. Keep listening, enjoy, follow up for more great info at edgeofnft.com. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features Lynn Dye, Joshua James, and Adam Fell co-founders of OneOf, an NFT platform built specifically for the music community to create an environmentally sustainable and artist and fan-friendly experience. Lindai is the CEO of OneOf and is an entrepreneur and digital executive with two decades of experience. Lynn previously co-founded Tap Network, a blockchain technology company powering white-labeled rewards for major enterprise clients such as Warner Music Group, Uber, and Brave. Lynn founded his first company, a social network for teens, out of his dorm room in 1999 and later took it public. He spent over 10 years leading digital initiatives at major media companies such as Alloy, which is Gossip Girl and Vampire Diaries, and MS Communications, Hot 97 and Power 106. Lynn is a general partner at Chainlink Crypto Fund, a fund of funds in the digital currency and blockchain industry. Now a bit about Joshua James. He's a co-founder and COO of OneOf. Prior to OneOf, Joshua was the co-founder and CEO of Zig Media, acquired in 2019 by Media Rights Capital. Joshua founded his first company, Rise Tech, in college. After selling Rise Tech to Equity Office Property, now Blackstone, Joshua launched the pioneering live digital music firm Basecamp Productions, which partnered with Pearl Jam to launch the groundbreaking Pearl Jam bootleg series. Basecamp was later acquired by Warner Music Group, and Joshua's clients included Pearl Jam, Kendrick Lamar, Linkin Park, and Mumford & Sons. Finally, a bit about Adam Fell. He's the co-founder and board member of One Of and the president of Quincy Jones Productions. Adam oversees various branches of QJP, such as artist management, licensing and endorsements, live film and television production, international joint ventures, and investments. Fell has led early investments for the company in Spotify, Clubhouse, Community, Uber, Wayfair, Snowflake, and many others. Fell was also an executive producer of the Netflix original release, Quincy, which won a Grammy Award in the category of Best Music Film, amongst others. Wow, it was really worth reading all that. I don't know if we all are aware of this. I studied jazz piano. Quincy Jones is a huge hero of mine. 
really appreciate to have you guys all here and have a great conversation today. Yeah. And I assume, Adam, you also probably started a company when you're in college like these other guys, and that just wasn't in your bio. That's my assumption. What an amazing group of executives leading the charge at one of Thanks for having us. Yeah, most definitely. It's amazing to talk to you guys. And let's start at the beginning, guys. Let's dive right in. Lynn, what is one of and how did it come to be? Yeah, one of is an NFT platform built for the music vertical. So I started talking about kind of um, blockchain in general, how it applies to the music industry with the VC, Bill Type, who is uh, one of the earliest VC in the space. And fast forward to about two and a half years ago, Bill came to me and was like, you have to take a look at these blockchain cats. Right. And I was crypto kitties and we were really interested in kind of the ability for, you know, not only primary sell, but, but secondary resell opportunity uh, using blockchain. And we we're like, that's a game changer for how musicians could monetize. So, you know, we started experimenting on different blockchains and, and really came to the conclusion that we need to move to a kind of the proof of stake network. And through another introduction from, from Bell Tai, um, we ended up meeting the co-founders of the Tezos blockchain and really decided there's a lot of technical reasons to build our project on top of Tezos. And then I called up uh, Josh and Josh, you can take it from uh, that point of story. Yeah, he called me up and uh, told me all about this NFT project he wanted to work on. And I said, what are NFTs? So that was, I think, the response to quite a few people until about February or March of this year when it sort of entered the national, I guess, not national world consciousness. I dove into it, sort of did a bunch of research, and I got really excited about the potential of it sort of bringing non-crypto heads into the crypto community. The idea that music was something fun and easy and everybody could relate to, and the potential of setting up a platform that embraced that sort of community in a way that was sort of not really crypto-facing. It was more fan-facing. Um, and that's really what we ended up doing in the long run. But as I knew, I needed to call my friend Adam Fell and get him involved. And so I made a call to Adam Fell about a week later, and he can tell you that his response was fairly similar to mine. So Adam. Yeah. I mean, exact same thing that Josh said. I said, what is an NFT? And the last seven months since that point has been me learning as much as I can, largely from Lynn here, who really was the one that was ahead of the game on this. But truth be told, the more I've learned, the more excited I've gotten over how this can change the game for artists. I can go into that in hours of detail, but really the frank reality is every other technological innovation that has come into the music industry that I've seen in my 20 years or so with Quincy collateralizes an existing revenue stream for artists. This is a brand new revenue stream and it's very exciting. Let's piggyback off of the Quincy Jones involvement as well, because I feel like that was such an amplifying opportunity for him to be involved and to be a, an advocate, you know, for one of. How did that come to be? Obviously, you had that tight relationship, Adam, but what were his initial thoughts? Like, how did he really get excited about this project? It's actually a pretty simple answer to that question, which is Quincy's been ahead of the game on technology for his entire career. Most people don't know Quincy was one of the very first investors in Spotify. And that was because despite the fact that he's now 88 years old, he has always been welcoming to technology and especially technology that can benefit artists. And so the conversation with him was actually fairly simple. This is a technology that doesn't collateralize an existing revenue stream for artists and can make them significant money through a secure and exciting new technology. And he, he was like, I'm all in. And, you know, since that point, he's opened doors and, and our company has, has reached out to all of our contacts and People have responded really, really well to this because of 
the fact that we address most of the main concerns that ARBs have. Let's dive a little bit deeper there, Adam. I mean, one of the major concerns in the music industry is the environment and global warming, climate change. What does it mean for one of to have a green platform and, and how have artists responded to that? Absolutely. Yeah. I'll um, backtrack a little bit even further. Many of the artists that we're now working with, if you go back in time, you'll see press announcements about them. Oh, there's my wife bringing my lunch. Apologies. <laughs> Special delivery. You'll see press <laughs> announcements about them releasing NFTs with our competitors. All of those artists that I'm specifically talking about ended up canceling those drops because of the backlash they received from their fans. And that backlash was really over three main things. Number one, energy consumption and therefore environmental damage. Number two, the perception of making a cash grab and this not being about your fans, but instead being about crypto savvy whales. And then third, you know, the complication really that, you know, this was something that was simply too complicated for the average music fan. So you specifically asked about, you know, eco-friendliness. Minting an NFT on most of our competitors takes about the amount of electricity or energy that is used to power the average U.S. household over a period of five days. This is a easily Googleable fact. We are proud to say that we have a consumption rate over two million times less than most of our competitors. And because of that, we like to joke, minting an NFT on our platform takes less energy than tweeting a tweet. And therefore, people aren't allowed to complain about us on Twitter. There you go. Yeah, we, we have friends in the music industry and I've seen firsthand exactly what you're talking about, wanting to dive into NFTs and getting that backlash and uh, appreciate you elucidating even beyond the green question, some of the other things that are going on as far as objections and appreciate you addressing them so we can get artists in the game and, and benefiting from what's going on. So, you know, that having been said, people want to get in the game. We want to we want to see the progress of things. Uh, we want to know kind of when is the launch officially? Things move fast here. What's your guys' uh, roadmap for launch? Yeah, well, we have quite a lot of fun stuff ahead. But the two sort of immediate ones that we're sort of prepared to talk about now, which is exciting, is uh, we have a partnership with iHeartRadio for the iHeart Music Festival in Las Vegas that we're going to be uh, launching on the 31st of August. And we're going to be giving away a million free NFTs to iHeart fans and music fans all around the world. Uh, Wait, only, the a, only a million? Come on. Only a million, <laughs> yes. One of the advantages of using Tezos is that we can mint actual real NFTs, mainnet NFTs for an extremely low price. And it allows us to give away a million. So we're pretty That's excited pretty awesome. about that. So, so we hear about these one-on-ones, one-on-hundreds, one-on-ten-thousands. This is the first million drop I've heard of. What exactly is that NFT that people are going to be able to get? That sounds pretty amazing. Yeah, you yes. know, Lynn could probably dive into that a little bit better. Go ahead, Lynn. Yeah, so it's actually a collection of a million tokens. Um, they're actually divided into 16 different unique designs. And uh, you can collect uh, a set of force, right? So if you imagine, you know, the details is the IHAR Radio Music Festival is an iconic festival that went on for dozens of years. And there is uh, the logo because it's uh, usually held in Vegas. It's just poker chip. So we took that concept and really gamified it. So there's, you know, there's four different suits of the poker chip. You know, there's the heart, the diamond, the clubs and the spades. And then there are all these iconic artists performing this year, right? So everybody from Coldplay to Billie Eilish. So we basically took the lineup, broke it, and then combined it with the four suits. If you, and made up, came up with 16 different designs. 
So every day you can come to oneup.com and claim a free random one. You don't know which one you're getting, right? So, and the collection is designed in, 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 in such manner that, uh, you know, there's a platinum edition piece that is only minted 1000 copies, right? So there is one out of 1000. And there are, you know, some uh, just design that's minted one out of 100,000. So total combined is a wide range and there is a million pieces. But if you collect a specific set of four, right? So that those could be like four of the same suit or four of the same stage, uh, you unlock additional experiences. You get a guaranteed free NFT from the second drop or um, plus any, if you collect any of the kind of the first drop tokens, you get entered into a drawing to to win a flyaway, all expense paid VIP trip to Las Vegas, right? So to attend this year's um, concert, right? So we really kind of envision NFT not only is a digital world asset, but also can connect to physical world re in real life experiences. And that's what kind of makes it really exciting about NFT for music. I always say it's very different than NFT for art or NFT for kind of basketball trading cards, right? So we make it really fun, but like Josh said, we're uniquely, you know, one of the only platforms that can actually have the ability to mint such low cost minting costs that allows us to give away free NFTs, right? One of our three pillars of our ethos is artist first and for every fan and, and environmentally friendly. So, so this is kind of how we want to educate the non-crypto native fans out there that blockchain is not scary and NFTs, it's not just for crypto whales. This is kind of could be something fun for everyone. So that's great. And yeah, I mean, it sounds like a really thoughtful way to come out of the gate racing. So folks need to have their Tezos wallet, you know, in order to claim the NFT. Is that is that the gist? No. Yeah. So the other thing we want to do, the part of the idea of for every friend is not only do we want to break down kind of economic barrier, we want to break down the technical barrier also, right? So just creating a wallet and onboarding process on most other platforms is just too hard for the average fan. Absolutely. Especially my mother. <laughs> exactly. Right. And your mother probably really would love to collect that <laughs> NFT from, from her favorite artist. It's hard for her to just like download our podcast and listen to it. So we got to make this easier. Yeah. So we basically build a platform that really kind of is reminiscent of a music platform and or basic e-commerce platform and less of a crypto platform. Right. So we want users to be able to sign up in under three minutes and be able to, you know, claim a free one or pay with pay for the first NFT without even having to open a, a crypto wallet. So so this is certainly credit card and debit card onboarding is is completely we think is the primary kind of onboarding method for most users, right? So certainly over time, users are going to learn about how great kind of involving kind of the blockchain and crypto ecosystems going to be and what like uh, amazing thing Tezos are doing or other kind of blockchain projects are doing. So this is kind of a introduction, easy, friendly gateway to blockchain in general. Yeah, just to follow on, we had this idea from the very beginning and we wanted a 16 year old to be able to sign up and purchase a credit, purchase with a credit card in three minutes or less. Um, and we did that from the very beginning. And in this particular case, first use case, it's even less than that because there's no actual purchase. There's actually just signing up and claiming. We're trying to onboard as many people as possible quickly. Yeah, it's amazing. I was going to say, you know, in that same vein, being able to control kind of vertically all of the different elements of a project that can be helpful for many projects. Have you guys considered launching your own token at any point? 
Yeah, so we're very focused on just the platform, the platform experience for the user right now, right? So, you know, I think there is a lot of possibility on how blockchain and different ways to tokenize assets can benefit our users. So certainly this is something we will continue to kind of think about. But right now we're just very excited to get the platform launch and kind of introduce the next 100 million users to kind of this, this fun new world that kind of previously only belonged to the super nerds like, you know, and, 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 you know, crypto enthusiasts. So that's a great transition to, you know, my next question for Adam. I mean, we talked about building awareness and you have this great launch project with iHeartRadio, but taking a step back, I feel like the music industry has really pioneered community building. What are your thoughts on where you go next with building a really strong community here? Are we talking metaverse concerts? more partnerships with other traditional performance venues. What's on your mind? There's a lot on our minds, as you can imagine, right? Artists that have tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of fans worldwide. The first artist that we're launching with is Doja Cat. Doja Cat just broke the barrier of 60 million monthly listeners, right? This is a massive amount of fans that we get to try to appeal to. And how you use NFTs and how you create engagement has to do with how creative you get with the gamification, how involved the artist is. We say in all of our artist pitches, we want our artists to actually be on the ground with us figuring out how to gamify this and how to create the creative assets. And the reason for that is we know that the artists won't promote the drops unless they're actually involved and they're passionate about it. And if they are passionate about it and they do push it, their fan bases will be really interested because digital art and NFTs and minting of different digital assets is a new thing, but these artists themselves need to get involved. And when they realize, I think, you know, what I was saying previously about how every other big deal that they do with large corporations collateralizes one of their revenue streams, and this is a brand new stream. I think at least when I've explained that to most of the artists we're working with, they've gotten very, very excited. It's worth mentioning that, you know, social media gets a lot of bad looks, bad news, you know, these days. But for artists, it's a godsend. You have this massive community that you can reach out to really, really quickly in a way that never really existed before. In the old days, you had to rely on your record label or PR or marketing to get at them. And now you know exactly, to some degree, who likes you, who's following you. And so building a community around an NFT drop, if the artist, to Adam's point, is excited is as simple as them going on social media and saying that they're excited about this. Join me in what we're doing. And all of our artist drops, that's part of sort of our marketing plan is embracing the artist community through their social media accounts where the community lives already. Yeah, I agree. I think that it's really interesting to watch how technology has integrated with the arts as a broader category. And as I listen to this conversation, I almost see NFTs and of course, as we've seen them, as we've done the show over the past five or six months, it's almost like a new art form. I think of broad art forms like music, dance and visual arts and things like that. And then maybe we've had hybrids like music videos with MTV and things like this. Interestingly, how much NFT gives you liberty to create something entirely new. And I was listening to Lynn, you know, explain the benefits that you guys are planning and be like, wow, these are really creative, fun ideas. And Jeff, Josh and I were thinking about creative and fun ideas for our own NFTs. And it really, it's like, it's like a new place to have creativity. I'm really interested how things evolve. Definitely fans and community are a huge part of this. If it is a new art form. And I'm curious, like what your plans are 
to connect fans with their favorite artists and to build that community? Yeah. So you touch on like a really great point. I mean, we are true believers. So what NFT can do is not only kind of 2D or 3D art or audiovisual art, but also over time, right? So there is an element of 4D um, that this is, you know, I think some of the best NFT projects are have this kind of permanence or perpetuity, you know, connection built in. So what we are always thinking is not how do we drop a image or a piece of music for an artist, but how do we build, drop something that is allow the artists and their fans to build a connection over time, a stronger, stronger connection, right? So you're, you, this, this, this is about your biggest fans that is going to go out of their way to pay extra for that connection with you. So it doesn't have to be a one-time, one media file, right? Currently, you know, you can only upload one file associated with an NFT. So we're thinking much deeper than that. And there's a, there's a lot of different, you know, I would say our first artist drop uh, with Doja Cat that Adam mentioned, you know, a little tease here is it is entirely your token that you collect, a very limited token, gets you open the door to specifically the exclusive community of other Doja Cat token holders, right? And then there is the first one of one, right? On the entire platform of one of will be dropped in the Doja Cat collection. And that one of one will have a permanent, like permanent utility that will get you into accessing to every future collection. So this is something, you know, that's part of not only building the artist community, but also building the one of community. Those are two little T's about Doja Cat's collection, which is coming early September. But this is like, we're actively thinking about this is like all we, our entire creative team is really believe NFT is far more than just a piece of art or music. You mentioned this is an entirely new art form. I think that there is the application of, of, you know, really creative art and 3D animation and all this crazy things that you can mint. But I think there's also utility to the technology for all sorts of other things with regards to artists and building community like you're talking about. Think about how badly people want to say, I was one of the first fans of so-and-so, right? NFTs can prove that depending on whether or not you geogate the access to proving you were at that first concert or you bought that NFT at a certain point in the artist's time. If you're releasing an NFT that's reflective of a moment in history, if you're releasing an NFT that is basically saying, this is the NFT that's going to finance my next music video, right? Evidence of those moments in an artist's life and career are so valuable to fans. So I think building community is really important. Yes. And I think that art is really important. Yes. But I also think that the NFTs as a technology can be utilized to really create that community and amplify that fandom that you're talking about. On that point, Adam, is one of a home for up and coming artists as well? Absolutely. So we have what's called an emerging artist spotlight. We already announced the first three artists in the program. We will be very soon announcing the next three artists in the program. These are artists that we're essentially giving money to, to help them with their careers in exchange for them doing their first NFT drops. We know that the commercial value of those initial drops are not massive, but we're doing that because we believe in those artists and their future. And so that's one thing. And then just you guys should know, right? Our long-term plans as, as a company are to create scalable solutions whereby any artist in the world can utilize this technology to benefit his or her career. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. And yo, I'm pumped for this Doji Cat drop. You got me super excited about it. Can't wait to see you guys bring on that. 
Look, we got to ask, I know you've been super focused on one of, but as you look beyond just what you're working on heads down, what other platforms or projects are you guys excited about now, three years from now, five years from now that you see coming down the pike? With NFTs specifically or with just in general? Yeah, I think within NFTs. Yeah, within NFTs. There's a lot of generative art, you know, collection that's super interesting. What Micah Johnson is doing with Aku is super interesting. And it's just like such a universe of he's bringing you into this character that they invented, right? And had so much more. And I believe that was like kind of the first NFT character to be optioned for a, a major studio movie. So I'm like super excited to, to see that. Keeping up with all the drops from every platform is like super intense, right? So there's a lot of exciting things happening in this space. And I think September is going to be like a huge month for a lot of awareness, right? So including a lot of the drops that we're doing on our platform, you know, the idea is we're bringing NFT to the mainstream, right? So this is not just kind of crypto blobs covering this. Like this, this is like drops like ours, drops such as, you know, from artists like Doja Cat is going to get this into the mainstream. And we are like, this is kind of the goal. We are going to pioneer that. Yeah, there's some, some amazing stuff out there. And you know, what's cool is almost all of those things intersect with what you guys are working on, right? To your point earlier, Adam, it's like, this infinite world of possibility out there. So exciting place for you guys to be. Hello, Explorer at the Edge of NFT and many other things, I'm sure. Put down that dish you're watching. Take a quick pause in your run. Grab your phone off the dashboard and pull over. Go to edgeofnft.com superworld. Here's why. You're not just a spectator, but someone who wants to dive in and co-create new exciting worlds together with trailblazing leaders like our guests. And the latest, greatest opportunity to do so that you need to know about is in Superworld, an augmented reality virtual world consisting of more than 64 billion virtual land plots mapped geographically to the actual surface of our beautiful home planet Earth. As we speak, bold new pioneers are literally breaking digital ground, snatching up 100 meter by 100 meter plots of virtual NFT backed land, land which entitles them to a share of all revenues generated on their Superworld plots. This means that as Superworld grows in population and activity, you as virtual landowner can actually earn a share of all advertising, gaming, commerce, analytics, and data associated with your plot. It's pretty cool. If you want to join us in owning a part of this special new world, visit our referral link edgeofnft.com superworld to join us in Superworld as a member of the Edge of NFT family. And because we are so very excited to welcome you, every fifth person to join us using this link will receive some really cool Superworld swag, compliments of Superworld and Edge of NFT. Visit edgeofnft.com superworld to get started, support the show, and show your enthusiastic appreciation for Superworld, our groundbreaking sponsor. Well, look, at this point in the show, we, um, we always like to shift gears a little bit and get your personal perspective on a few questions. They're called Edge Quick Hitters, and they're a, a fun, quick way to get to know you a little better. There's 10 questions, and we're looking for short, single word or few word answers, but feel free to uh, expand if you get the urge. Uh, do you guys want to dive in? and? Uh, Let's do it. Participate. This is okay. going to be deep, man. This is, I, I, I wish this could go on for an hour and a half or something, but I guess, I okay. <laughs> I know, right? All right, cool. Well, let's kick it off the top. Joshua, let's start with you, man. What's the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? Well, that's actually a funny story that I tell a lot, which is that my mother gave me an allowance and I wanted to buy Purple Rain by Prince, the album 
when it came out. And my mother thought nice. it was dirty. She thought it was, you know, that it was inappropriate for someone of my age. And so I told her I was going to, sorry, mom, I told her I was going to buy something else. And then I still went and bought Purple Rain, so, <laughs> which I still listen to, one of the great albums of all time. Definitely. And it was inappropriate for someone your age. And that's why you needed to get it. Absolutely. You're 100% correct. Nice. Even in my old age now, listening to to Darling Nikki, if you guys know that song. um, Oh, yeah. I probably shouldn't have been listening to that song at that time. You know, it's so funny, though, when kids buy these things that are inappropriate for their age, they don't even know why. You know what I mean? Like, it's totally the language and the the kind of like euphemisms and things. Yes. Totally. I was like 20 before I realized that She Bop by Cindy Lauper was about what it was about. So yeah, yeah. I'll let the listeners <laughs> figure that one out for themselves. <laughs> nice. Lynn, how about you, man? What was the first thing you remember ever purchasing? From uh, Money I Earn Myself, Super Nintendo. Oh, nice. That's a good score nice. right there. Adam, how about you? This is an answer that's maybe going to bug Josh because he's a much bigger fan of the band than I am. But my first music purchase, at least, was Pearl Jam's 10. Solid. Nice. Yes. If you just had an NFT to, you know, kind of verify that, right? I think seriously. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. Great. Okay. Well, let's move on to question two. Lynn, let's start with you. What's the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? Oh, that's easy. I sold Starburst to my classmates in high school. I bought them at Costco and I sold them out for like 25 cents a piece. Wow. Nice. Little capitalist. I like it, man. Nice. Right? And Starburst too, right? Yeah. Super addictive. I love it. Cool. Adam, how about you? I lived on this small street in Santa Barbara growing up and at the top of that street was a main street. And we, when I was a kid, I remember had a lemonade stand that we do on the weekends. And that's the first thing I remember selling. And it's funny, I I remember this now that we're doing this interview because the other day I was looking for an old photo of me with one of our clients, one of our music clients, because I've been friends with them since we were like five years old. And the photo that my mother sent me was the two of us sitting at the lemonade stand selling lemonade. And uh, that's, awesome. that's a guy named Yeti Beats who now works with Doja Cat, which is how we ended up being lucky enough to work with her. Thanks. That's great. Crazy Still in business. I'm Joshua. a lemonade stand guy myself. So right on. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua, how about you? Well, it's funny. This question is making me think of something that connects to our business that I had never thought of before, which was that I used to sell these limited edition buttons for this hydroplane race. Hydroplane was a boating race outside of yeah. Seattle where I was from as a kid. And they were numbered. And I used to go to the sponsors and they would give kids buttons for free. And then I would go sell them in the little area where the guys who were collecting the buttons would. And they were worth more or less based on how many they were numbered on. So anyway. Now, did you use the words limited edition? Because that is very entrepreneurial. Well, they were they were numbered. So, I mean, you know, I was like eight. So I don't know if I called them limited edition, but the adults knew that which ones were more valuable. So, yeah. So basically an NFT right there. There you That's go. Right. Um, Verified mm-hmm. transaction. That's right. Indeed. Question number three, Adam, start with you. What is the most recent thing you purchased? You know, I wish I had a creative answer to this question that made me sound cooler than I am. But I think the last thing I bought was actually poop bags for my dog on Amazon. It's an awesome answer and a necessity. Nice. <laughs> Josh, how about you? Well, I'm going on the Amazon app right now <laughs> and I'm noticing similar to Adam that uh, trash bags was the last thing that I bought. On, <laughs> well, uh, I might recommend guys, since you're green platform, there are biodegradable poop bags and trash bags on Amazon. Oh, got them. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's Earth, got those Earth, two, yeah. I think yeah. they felt Perth aware or something there, like that. They're green go. bags. Yes. Yeah. Alignment. Awesome. How about you, Lynn? 
I'm very excited because I spent all night last night studying this up. I bought a, you know, now I moved to Florida and I have a house instead of a tiny apartment in New York. So I bought a 7.1 surround sound, like sound bar speaker for my TV. And my wife was like, why are you waking up the toddler like late at night? (laughs) Makes all the difference in the world, man. That's when Uh, I love to do my Amazon purchases late night. There you go. Okay, let's go to question four, guys. Joshua, we'll start with you. What's the most recent thing you sold? I sold some furniture when I moved from Brooklyn to LA about two months ago. That's, that's the most recent thing I've sold. Where in Brooklyn were you living? I was in Dumbo for the last six years. I was in New York oh, for nice. 20 years and the last six in Dumbo. Nice. I was in Clinton Hill. Nice. Very cool. Uh, Lynn, how about you? I also, I moved home out of New York, right? So I actually found, had these Pro Studio M Audio speakers. And I was like, well, when I'm going to use that again? And I actually sold them for very, very cheap. I was very upset. And the, the guy came like right away and picked it up from, <laughs> from the apartment. So he knew he had a score there. Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace? How did you, uh, how did you sell those? Yeah, it was, it was this app. Uh, I think it was like Let Go or something yeah. similar to Let Go. Yeah. Right, one of those ones. Cool. Adam, how about you? I'm struggling right now because I know it was on Facebook Marketplace and my wife and I sold something because we just moved into our house. I can't remember what it was. It was something benign, like a chair yeah. or something like that. Right, right, right. Let's right NFT on. those poop bags. Maybe we can get a special <laughs> price for them. We'll come up with Matty Moe. We can do something. I, uh, <laughs> I've seen stranger things. What can I say? All right. Cool, guys. All right. Question number five. Lynn, let's start with you. What is your most prized possession? That's interesting. That's a hard one. I mean, I think like I'm not like really a, a physical item person, right? So like I haven't like shop for like an outfit, like since like we're working from home for, for like a year, I would say like, really like one thing I can't live without in the world, like my toddler son. So like, just let him do that. Then this is just like more than any physical possession ever. So yeah, man, no, makes sense. Joshua, how about you? Well, he, he stole my answer. I was going to say that my wife is going to watch this. And if I don't say my five-year-old son, Julian, and my three-year-old daughter, Dakota, she's going to be extremely upset. But on the physical side, you know, I worked for with Pearl Jam for a long time and uh, Eddie Vedder gave me his five personal five million selling plaque for their second album, Versus, which I've kept ever since and uh, might be the answer. Uh, solid. Cool. Adam, how about you, sir? I too am required to say that my daughter, <laughs> Noah Faye, is my most prized thing, but I don't consider her a possession. So in terms of possessions... Wow, you're shaming us with that comment. I am totally <laughs> shaming you, Just Sold you down the river. That's how you get out of that one. Other guests have said, well, then my family's not my possession. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> I have a framed piece of sheet music up above our piano, and it is a piece of music from a song called The Color Blue Remains. The Color Blue Remains is a Quincy Jones song that never came out. The reason that I have that is because there was a day that Quincy walked into my office and he was furious, like livid. And he walks into my office and he slams a piece of score paper down on the paper and he says, Jack cannot get the ending of this song right. I am so furious. And he goes, this is the ending. And he writes out the ending, writes out the music notes for the ending and goes, make sure they do that. And he leaves it with me. And I was like, Oh, wow. (laughs) So I took a photo, sent it to the arranger. The song got fixed, but I, of course, was like, cool. You know, this is mine. (laughs) And so I have that framed in our house. Special moments for sure. That's so cool. Adam, let's stick with you on the next one, man. Question six. If you could buy anything in the world, digital, physical service and experience that's currently for sale, what would that be? If I could buy anything in the world, it would be a piece of property 
and it would be in the valley of Hanalei on the island of Kauai. Rock and roll. Cool. Sounds like it's probably beautiful. And sounds like something you thought of before. Joshua, how about you? You know, I haven't thought about this one before, but the first thing that comes to mind is I would love to own a vineyard. I've always sort of had this dream of owning a vineyard and uh, maybe we'll see one day, hopefully, but that, that's the quick answer that comes to mind. I just talked to a crew the other night about a new release of a wine where they're going to do some limited edition NFTs with the wine that are all artistic. So I'm sure you cool. could put, put all your crafts together at that point and like maybe it. throw in some LPs with each bottle of wine too. It's everywhere we look. Lynn, how about you? So I'm totally not allowed to buy this, but I would like to buy a seat on either Blue Origin or Virgin Galactic. Like I'm a wannabe space nerd and this is like, it would, it would be a dream to go out of space. My wife certainly told me that like, you only have one wife and one son, you're not allowed to go out of space. So. <laughs> hey, didn't someone recently turn down a trip? Who was that? Uh, and they like yeah, set it up. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The guy that bought it ended up not going and I'm not sure. I don't think the reason ever came out, but yeah. Yeah. Guess Maybe his wife uh, wouldn't let him. That's why we got a kidnap <laughs> yeah, and him taking my yeah, yeah, shit. to me. <laughs> right my wife on, would let me, so I don't know what that says, but uh, yeah. I'll just be like, I'm, I'm going to Vegas for the weekend, honey. And then like, you know, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. There you go. Did I say that or did I mean I was going to look at Vegas from outer space for the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Something along those lines. Moving on, guys. Question seven, Joshua, for you. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would that be? Oh, that's an awkward question, I guess. I don't know. I like to laugh. I think I have a good sense of humor. I think most people that know me would say that. And I would, I would love to see that. I feel like people don't laugh enough. So more laughing is good. I dig it. I dig it, man. It's great. Lynn, how about you? I like my son to be more calm. He is a high energy little dude. So he runs around. I was like, I'm not like that at all. I'm like, I'm perfectly fine sitting in the corner reading a book when I was little. Like, I remember that. So I'm, so I like to pass that on. So <laughs> there you go. Sense of call. I feel like all those toddlers go through a stage like that, but I have one. I don't know about others. Adam, how about you, sir? Someone wise told me that humility is actually just the willingness to learn. And mm. uh, if I could pass on or, or wish any trait onto my daughter, it would be humility. Nice. Let's do the uh, opposite here. Lynn, if you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be? Competitiveness. I'm super competitive and that's not necessarily, you know, you need that to be happy life. So yeah, could be a double-edged sword. Joshua, how about you? My answer is probably similar to Lynn's, which is uh, I like to win. And I think that's good most of the time, but Mm. sometimes that can get you in trouble both personally and professionally. So it may be, it may be a little bit less competitive. So, so well, you guys are in, a, are in a good space because I think there's room for a lot of winners in the blockchain space and a lot of cooperation and partnerships among projects that are in the same niche. Yeah, Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. And if you happen Agreed. to visit Venice, you don't want to get involved in any pickleball with Josh because, you know, it goes sideways <laughs> real quick, guys. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Josh, that, that was the wrong thing to say. You're supposed to say, you guys are the winners. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> you beat blockchain. <laughs> Adam, you had a good laugh when I asked the question to Lynn. What, what do you think? For me, there's a lot of things that I don't want my daughter to inherit from me. I would say I definitely have a hard time living in the present moment. I spend a lot of my life looking forward to the next vacation, looking forward to this company becoming a success, looking forward to things, right? Rather than being incredibly appreciative for the the moment I'm actually in and really being present and enjoying that. 
So I hope that my daughter can be better at that than I am. Right on. Yeah. That's it right here, right? Stay in the now. Well, Adam, let's stick with you on that, man. What did you do just before joining us on the podcast today? Me. Just before joining you guys, I downed very quickly a, a bowl of brown rice because I was feeling like jittery from my coffee and hadn't eaten anything because my lunch, which you saw my wife bring in in the beginning of the uh, interview, hadn't arrived yet. So cool. I know this state very well. Yeah. <laughs> jittery only add coffee. You need to eat something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lynn, how about you? My wife brought me um, Chick-fil-A. And as I was approving the our pre-registration site going live literally minutes ago before we jumped on the podcast. So, all right. There's a theme here in this industry, partners in crime that are willing <laughs> to sort of interrupt meetings inconspicuously to provide food. That is part of the industry for sure. It's, it's super helpful. Gratitude uh, for that. Joshua, what were you up to, man? Well, my answer is quite boring. I was eating a Cobb salad. That's what I did right before this. Got to fuel up, right? Yeah. All right. Did you have to bring that to yourself though, Josh? <laughs> I don't usually like to use the delivery services, but we, we've had a crazy day. So DoorDash brought there you go. my, there uh, you go. my salad. So. <laughs> if they're a sponsor, right. then go DoorDash. So yeah. They yeah, could now. be. Yeah, not yet, <laughs> but we'll send them an invoice. <laughs> nice. Question 10, Joshua, let's stick with you. What are you going to do next after the podcast? I am going to wrap up a few work things. And then I promised my son that I would take him to the beach after school. So we are actually going to the beach after. Sounds are awesome. we neighbors, Josh? I'm in Venice. I'm in uh, Manhattan Beach. So we're neighborly. All right. Two Guns Coffee over there. Amazing. Yes. I've gone there a couple Agreed. times. Yeah. There's a, couple, there's a couple two guns. There's the one in Manhattan and there's also the one in El Segundo, which is closer to us because I'm in Playa del Rey like you on this side. So, Oh, nice. Right on. Ethan, uh, please take a note to drop another invoice. Cool. Excellent. <laughs> Adam, how about you, man? What are you doing next? My wife is, for the very first time, leaving me alone with the baby this weekend. And so mm-hmm. she is flying out of LAX this evening. And that means that I'm on daddy duty. So I decided... That tonight I'm driving up to my mother's house and grandma is going to help me this weekend. And so I have to figure out what I need to bring in terms of bottles and nipples and diapers and all that fun stuff. And I've never done this. So I've got a packing job ahead of myself. Yes, you do, sir. Well, good luck with that. Always nice to get an assist from mom though, you know? Necessary. Yes. And finally, Lynn, what are you doing next? This is a fun one. So I, I'm going to call my friend to check if any of our close group of friends has gotten anything from the Naomi Osaka drop. So I certainly didn't. I got on in queue and like, you know, this is the problem with most other platforms, right? There's so few items available. I just want to be a fan. I'm not looking to like flip this. So if there was more higher quantity, I would have been like a perfect happy fan getting a memento for Naomi Osaka. But like, I didn't get it. I want to see if any of my friends got it. So. Definitely joy in the uh, community success. I get it. Yeah. So many cool drops happening. Well, guys, that's it for Edge Quick Hitters. Thanks so much for playing with us and, and sharing a little bit more about you and your perspectives. Hi there. Let me interrupt one sec with a special secret. Here at Edge of NFT, we want to loop you in on the best kept secrets in NFT right now. So this might be the first time you've heard of it, but you need to know about Koi, especially if you are a creator or even if you're just a supporter of groundbreaking projects. You need to dive into Koi ASAP and you can do so absolutely for free. Here is the best way. 
go to edgeofnft.com slash koi. That's edgeofnft.com slash K-O-I-I, two I's. There you can find out how to install the Finichrome plugin, publish your first 50 NFTs for free, and start earning koi whenever anyone visits your NFTs. Imagine a world where sites like Facebook and Instagram would allow creators to earn every time their posts are viewed. This is what Koi is built to support. Plus, Koi is built to scale globally without killing the planet. Go to edgeofnft.com slash Koi, install the Finichrome plugin right now, publish your first 50 NFTs for free, and start earning Koi today. We're about to move into some hot topics, but I know we got some time constraints, and so I wanted to be mindful of that. Um, if anybody's got to drop off, no worries at all. If anyone wants to stay and, and BS with us a little bit about some of the, the fun things in the news, we can do that. Um, how are you guys all looking on time? Adam, you yeah, I'm okay. In. For sure. Josh is in. Yeah. You good as well then? All right. Awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm good for a little bit. Cool. Well, let's Very jump right cool. in then. All right. Let's hit those hot, hot topics. So first one on the list here, Vines Creator is now working on NFT blockchain video games. SupDrive is an on-chain fantasy console where the games themselves are NFTs. You can think of it sort of like art blocks for games. These games all run on the SupDrive virtual firmware toolkit that allows games to be written in concise instructions that are gash friendly and ideal for on-chain storage. This is interesting. I, I forget where I heard it. I heard it in a previous interview that somebody had created it was like an NFT game. And then I think you could buy it as an NFT and it kind of went defunct. You know, the creator stopped working on it, but somebody bought it and revived it. So yeah, this is very interesting stuff. I know you guys are, are focused very heavily on, on music, but what have you seen in games that you find interesting? Uh, yeah, I think gaming is a huge area opportunity for NFTs, right? So a lot of guys doing great things kind of adjacent to what we're doing, you know, genies are doing great things with kind of artists, kind of digital outfits on their avatars. We're talking to several other companies. There's kind of a lot of these virtual worlds of metaverse or gameverse um, that is exploring the idea, hey, can NFTs be kind of a represent kind of an access token or unlock certain content or certain merch or certain characters? There's a lot of potential ways to collaborate with us, right? Because we have NFTs that's officially from music artists. And, you know, in most cases, they're Genesis NFT, right? So what does that mean? Like you take the a major artist NFT, you plug it in, you log in and verify that you're the owner of that NFT. And, and maybe that unlocks a special character, right? So maybe that unlocks a special performance. So we're very early, I would say, like the world in that. But this is kind of Another example of how like kind of physical and digital work could kind of intersect. I'm excited about this concept that we've talked to some pretty interesting folks in the gaming industry. What Guild of Guardians is doing, trying to create a game of a lifetime where they have 140,000 people on their wait list. But Artblocks has been consistently at the top of OpenSea and secondary sales. It's the same platform our partner at Bright Moments uses for crypto Venetians and now crypto New Yorkers. And I think co-creation and generation of a game as an NFT is pretty awesome. So this is a thumbs up for me. I want to see what they're able to pull off here. Anyone else have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, everybody talks about it. I mean, NFTs have existed in um, early formatting games for years, right? Long, long time. And so 
I think people look to, to gaming as a, a big part of the next frontier for NFTs in a very explicit way. So I'm like, yeah, I'm all for it. I think, I think we're, uh, we're seeing, you know, founders across the board, team members across the board, you know, supporting the intersection of uh, NFTs and all their formats and interoperability across games and metaverses and so on. So that's, that's what I'm seeing is kind of the future here. Probably. Joshua, did you have something else too, before we move on to the next topic? No, it's just, you know, to me, all of these ideas, including ours, it really comes down to, is it fun? Is it compelling? Is there something interesting about it? Is the game fun? You know, there was this brief period of time that I'm sure we all remember from mid-March to early May when it sort of seemed like you could pull something out of your pocket and throw it at the wall as an NFT and it would sell for a lot of money. And, you know, in the end, that's not the future of NFTs. It needs to, there needs to be a story, an idea, something compelling, fun, exciting, collectible about it. And, you know, a lot of these ideas, that's going to be the thing that decides if it's a success or not, is, is there something compelling about it? And just on that point, I heard this factoid that yesterday OpenSea did as much sales in one day as they did all of last year. So for folks that think that this there's a bubble here that popped, that does not add up. All of the sales in one day equivalent to last year. Yeah, wow. it's amazing. We like to say, and all of it, some of it is just luck of timing to be totally honest with you, that we like to think that we have a bit of a second mover advantage. We got to sort of watch what happened in the last eight months, both the up and the down, and now kind of the back up again. See what works, see what didn't work, see what's compelling, all of that. See what's at hot topic number three, Josh, usurping <laughs> <laughs> hot topic number three. It's all good. I was just going to say, I think there's a lot of intersection between what you guys are talking about and what we're doing. Right. When I think about the most compelling artist drops, I think that some of the things that artists are going to want to release are high priced items, really scarce, one of ones. Right. But I also think that there's the gamification of the lower priced NFTs. And when you get into the gamification of the lower priced NFTs, a lot of the ideas that we've been circulating are around sets. And those sets can be completed in different ways. Right. Yes, you can buy all five and you get that set and it unlocks another universe. What about if the fifth of those five is a video game you play that you have to beat to get that fifth? What if that fifth is you proving that you're the biggest fan of said artist? Then you look at like what Marshmello and Travis Scott are doing in Fortnite and you look at like the massive opportunities there are to use NFTs with fans. The possibilities are endless. We are excited. And, you know, if you're a big video game developer, we want to work with you. So much fun. Good stuff. Let's move on to the next hot topic. This one brings back memories for me. I don't know if anyone else. Big Boy goes from burgers to blockchain with new NFT launch. There used to be Big Boy when I grew up. I thought it was like a local thing. I don't even know anybody else really knew about Big Boy. But I used to eat a Big Boy. I haven't eaten one in like 20, 30 years. But yeah, they're going to do it's a restaurant. Yeah, go ahead. Who knows Big Boy? I'm, I'm just like Ethan. I didn't know Ethan until I met him in person <laughs> on the podcast. He's a skinny dude. So just the idea that Ethan eats a big boy, I find that paradox very amusing. But but you guys eat Chick-fil-A. Have you tried big boy? Wait a minute. Big boy is the one that, that Dr. Evil and Austin Powers went into space in? Is that the, the big, big? It's a big boy. Like that's like the mascot yeah. for the... Yeah, <laughs> the Josh, is right. I, Josh is right. No, no, I am. I, I know what you're talking about, but the mascot yeah. went into space that's with right, Dr. Man. Evil and Austin Powers. It's a great callback, man. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Bob's a big boy. <laughs> Trivia yeah. for you guys. Who did the Austin Power theme song? Mm. I know. 
Quincy Jones. Uh, yes. You made it too easy, Adam. You needed, you, you needed me to ask it, Adam. Or, or hey, it, took, it, took a, it took a second, though, you know? That was good. That was good. That, uh, most of Adam's trivia questions, I think, involve the answer Quincy Jones. <laughs> right. I think it probably will do well, right? Because it's kind of a nostalgic brand, just like GameStop or whatever. What You know, if the meme's not going to do well, like a big boy collectible or NFT would do well. It feels a little bit like a cash grab though, right? So, or like just a, a PR stunt to get back into the news. We are kind of like, I, I came from the brand and advertising world. There are a lot of interests for sure, but there are also kind of two ways approaching this, right? How do we kind of capture this as a PR moment, right? Like how do we do an NFTP or like, how do we kind of authentically is this part of the strategy? So there are some brands that are like, you know, are actually putting a lot of thought and care into this. And there, there's always like the young agency guy that's like, let's do an NFT for whatever. So I'm sure you'll, you'll probably do well. I'm probably going to regret not buying a big boy NFT, but it feels a little bit like it could maybe not so as authentic to the it's community. It's a pass either. for Lynn with smile, potential FOMO. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> it could be just one of those cash grabs that's so out of left field that people fall in love with it. I mean, so the launch of NFT is going to happen on August 31st, and it's going to be partnered with Everett Washington-based toy maker Funko. I don't know. Let's see. I might focus. pick one up. I don't think I'm going to yeah. eat a big boy again in my life, but I might I, pick I think, up. I think <laughs> on that Jeez. particular day, I'm going to be focused on getting my one of NFT, not the big boy NFT personally, just saying. <laughs> All right, you changed my mind. <laughs> I might go for both. All right, next on the list, sports NFT sales plunge. The overall NFT market is surging with $7 billion in sales. Well, we kind of covered that a little bit. A lot of stuff going on in NFTs. I bought an NFT yesterday. I, I bought a Dino Pals. Did you buy one, Josh? I, I don't have, or was I, just I don't the have day before? a Dino Pal. You know, we've got the Dino Monks coming up on, I guess, after the show is aired. We got frogs coming up for Frogland. That will be before the show airs. But I'm getting excited about these NFTs. You know, my purchasing rate has increased over the last month or so. I would definitely say relative to um, previous months. It's hot market. It's hot. It keeps evolving. You know, and it's like grown from the roots of the meme coin culture and the meme stock culture, the Wall Street bets and all that fun stuff. And it's so cool like to see it evolve super quickly over such a short period of time, like relatively speaking. And it just keeps going, you know, from the avatar NFTs to you know, animal NFTs. And, and we're starting to see some cross-functionality built in, NFTs on top of NFTs. Like, it's like insane, man. It's like so much fun. Yeah. And particularly in the sports area, we've got DraftKings coming into the mix with autograph and, and partnering as well. And, and there's this, these blurry lines. Um, some of you guys probably heard about the ON1 NFT drop that was really hit things hard. And now there's a rumor that Logan Paul is going to wear an ON1 mask in his next fight. So everything's just blurring together. I think a lot of this is, I love the community aspect of this, right? A lot of this is like kind of early success stories in NFT creators, like reinvesting other projects, right? And then I go just pick up random NFTs. I, you know, I don't know, like just things I like to store or, or artists I like or groups I like just to support. It's really kind of a lot. There's a lot of that going on. And then, you know, I think by and large, there's still the platform today still are catering to a very small group of active trader trading a lot, right? So I think 
what our project different is. Hopefully we'll bring on millions or tens of millions more like new interest that previously are non-crypto native people into the mix. Um, it's, it's a really fun world, right? So imagine what will happen if, if we are successful in bringing 10 million new users into kind of the ecosystem. We'd love it. I mean, that's what we're all about on this show is is co-creating the future in, you know, supporting the communities that exist and, and bringing new NFT curious minds into the space. So we're all for it. Yeah, most definitely. Well, guys, it's been amazing having you on the show, learning about one of, uh, learning about you guys, bullshitting about hot topics. This is awesome. You know, we really want our listeners to also get excited about one of and everything you have going on. Where should people go to find out more about the project or roadmap that you guys have? Yeah, you can go to uh, just oneof.com, spelled out O-N-E-O-F.com. Pre-registration open now and the first drop will be live on um, August 31st. Amazing. And on socials, any, um, any other good places for people to keep an eye out for fun announcements? Yeah, you can join us on all social. The handle is just oneofnft at one of NFT, Twitter, Instagram, Discord, Facebook. So come hang out with us. Very cool. Now you guys heard it here. And we talked a little bit about the million NFT giveaway, hard to top that. And, and we may actually also come up with uh, with something fun to do after this episode. So keep an eye on our socials as well for a little collaboration with one of um, on the giveaway front. We've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So Thanks for exploring with us. Uh, we've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to iTunes right now, rate us and say something cool. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Want to help co-create Edge of NFT with us? Got guests you want to see on the episode, questions for hosts or guests, an NFT you'd like us to review. Drop us a line at contact at edgeofnft.com or tweet at us at the Edge of NFT to get in the mix. Lastly, be sure to tune in next week for some more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today.